The Chicago Bulls get a much-needed and spirited win against the Minnesota Timberwolves last night to help keep their playing hopes alive. We're going to talk about that win. We're going to talk about tonight's game coming up against the Miami Heat and dive into the mailbag because it is Saturday. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. Right off the top, you can follow me if you choose to do so at CEO Hayes, at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. And let's get into it. The Chicago Bulls got a double OT victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Yes, the Timberwolves were missing Anthony Davis and Cat. We all know that. Rudy Gobert also fought out of that game in the fourth quarter. But the Bulls showed a level of heart and determination that we need to see from this team especially in a game that was very much a playoff atmosphere game. And even though Anthony Edwards was missing and didn't go, did go down early in that game, let's not overlook the contributions of, of Jaden McDaniels and Mike Conley, who really played better than what they have, stepping in, playing bigger roles, shooting the ball well. And so, you know, while, yes, it's not the same as facing a team with Anthony Edwards or if they even had Rudy Gobert in the fourth quarter and, well, in the overtime periods of that game, the Bulls still responded well after being down in a game albeit they probably shouldn't have been down in in the way that they were but they did still out gut out a win was able to kick up the defense in a much needed way in the fourth quarter and overtime periods that really put the bulls in a in a situation and position to win this game overall though the big three played like a big three out of the bulls 139 points 109 of those points came from the Chicago Bulls' big three. DeMar DeRozan leading the way, having a great game in, in which, you know, especially when the Bulls needed a bucket, it was usually DeMar who did it at a period of time where Zach Levine was on the bench for an extended stretch where it seemed like maybe the Bulls were going to be packing in this game. DeMar got them back in the game, yes, with contributions from defense from Patrick Beverly, a, a couple of big shots from uh, Kobe White as well. And DeMar, though, with 49 points on 25 shots, going 15 of 25, 14 rebounds, four assists, three steals. DeMar DeRozan had nothing less than an amazing game and an amazing performance to gut this, this Bulls team into a victory. He, it, like You have to look at DeMar and his contributions there. Doesn't change what needs to happen in this offseason, but DeMar really absolutely gave everything to the Chicago Bulls. Nikola Vucevic didn't shoot the ball as well, 9 of 20 though, but he hit some big shots and really just sealed the win with one of the nastiest dunks of Nikola Vucevic's career. 21 points for him on 9 of 20 shooting. He chips in 11 rebounds as well, 4 assists, 2 steals, and another game in which all of the big three have 4 more steal, uh, four more assists, and when the Bulls have that, he gets some wins in times. Zach Levine coming on later in this game, hitting big shots himself. He goes for 39 points on 15 or 25 shooting with four rebounds, five assists in this game as well. Only two turnovers from Zach Levine, albeit one of them being an extremely frustrating turnover. But DeMar DeRozan led the way. And the big three as a whole are the reason why we, why we won this game wholeheartedly. That's not to take away from the contributions of Pat Bev defensively and some of the absolute just Big game, big moments that Pat Bev had in doing some of the gut check things, right? Uh, getting some of those loose balls, tipping some of the rebounds. Like he did things that we needed to do. That is that is perfect for a team trying to win. The Bulls gut out a win, the first game of a back to back, and they get a huge victory that we needed. Yes, I don't care who wasn't checking in on the other side of the court when the other team has two a player scoring twenty five and twenty eight points. You needed to gut check yourself, and you need to figure out a way to win the game. And the Bulls did that. Yes, there is something to be said that the Bulls should not have even been in that situation, 
but c- considering the players that the Minnesota Timberwolves had out, and you are very correct in that. That is why the Bulls need to do the work they need to do to the roster this offseason. Because when you really look at it, the Bulls had to go into double OT to beat a team that for the most part, well, they were missing their two best players in Anthony Edwards and Cat for most of for well, Anthony Edwards for most of the game. Cat didn't even check in this game because he's hurt. And then Rudy Gobert, their defensive center, goes down as well. So, you know, yes, you can say those things, but we need wins like this for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have not fared well. In, in clutch games at all this season. And as the game goes on, we know that the Bulls, especially for younger teams that are playing hard, playing scrappy, it's been tough for the Chicago Bulls. And they were able to get into the overtime periods and end up winning by eight points in a game that we just needed to see this type of game from the Chicago Bulls. So I, for one, am glad that the Bulls were able to figure out this game. I'm glad they were able to win this game. Shout out to the Bulls for getting the job done in a way that we needed to see this team win. Um, and so, you know, of course, there are things that need to be tightened up in this game. If the Bulls play better defense throughout the game rather than just the defense they played, probably starting about the halfway mark of the of the third period of the third quarter, that's when the Bulls really started kind of getting into that that defensive mindset that we like the Bulls to be in. We're going to need to see a better performance than that, of course, tonight against the Miami Heat, which is the next game on the docket and the next topic we're going to talk about. And so. The, the, one of the biggest questions gonna, that's going to come into this game that a lot of Bulls fans are going to ask is, how are the Bulls going to perform in another game that is slated at least to be a playoff atmosphere type game? I'm being on a second of a back-to-back, and I'm back-to-back at that that was the, the that went into double overtime. And here's my thoughts on this, and I said this in the post-game show last night. It doesn't matter. If you want to be a playoff team, if you want to be a playing team, if you want to try to save your season, you got to find a way to figure it out. That's it. You have to figure out a way to figure it out. Yes, it's going to be tiring. Yes, you may absolutely be exhausted afterwards. But this game tonight is the type of game that is going to tell us if this team really wants it, right? If this team can figure it out and tough through what I'm sure they're going to be tired on. Can they do that? If the team can tough through that, it's going to be telling. And this is an important game when you look at the standings. The, The Bulls right now, the Eastern Conference standings are tight. And they've been tight. And that's why you see the Bulls, especially on nights that they don't play or whatever, one loss, one victory can send you two spots down or two spots up. And especially with tiebreakers being important. The, 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 the uh, Miami Heat are riding a two-game winning streak right now. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. The Chicago Bulls are also 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're on a one-game winning streak. But these are the type of games that the Bulls need to continue to show that identity that can show, hey, can this team perform in the playoffs? The Miami Heat are coming in basically fully healthy as well. You need to find a way to perform. and You need to dig in and play a better consistent defensive effort tonight against the Miami Heat. We're going to need the big three to step up again. We're going to need to, that continued offensive efficiency. We're going to have to need, uh, we're going to need to share the ball, move the ball around, have a lot of assists. We're going to need to limit the turnovers, and we're going to have to get some team rebounding in tonight against the Miami Heat. This is not a game or a team that the Bulls can take lightly in any way. Yes, we've moved back into the 10th spot for now, but games like this, and the, and the effort and energy in which you show on the second of a back-to-back is what could separate you from being a team that's scratching in to get into the play-in to a team that then can ride and build some momentum to uh, adamantly take that play-in spot and maybe even move further into the play-in. So this is, tonight is a huge game for the Chicago Bulls, for the standings, for pride, for all of it, for the fans. We need to see a big performance from this team today 
and we deserve to see it. And if this team really wants that 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 postseason play, as they've talked about, Zach Levine in last night's postgame uh, interview saying, we know we can play with anybody. We keep hearing that from this team. We know how good we can be. We know we can play with anybody. We can, and even Zach Levine last night talking about he's been one of the better on-ball defenders his whole career in the NBA. You got to show me. When you make statements like those, you got to show me. And yes, Zach Levine has been playing much better since the All-Star break. But you have to show me. All the, all the lip service, all the talk, all the hype after the game, that's all cool. You should feel that. Celebrate your victories. I get that. But when you make the type of statements that you make, you, you have to step up. Zach specifically, but everybody on this team, you need to show us if you, if you truly want to go and get that. You need to show us if, you, if this hope that we have as a fan base that we can make a playing tournament, you have to continue to show that to us. And yes, it's going to come down to some DeMar DeRozan magic at times. It's going to come down to some Zach Levine magic at times. We need that. But we're facing a team that is going to come in and absolutely try to punch us in our face defensively early. They know we're coming off the second of a back-to-back. And I'm sure they're coming in with uh, knowing how the Bulls have played over the course of the season and hoping that they can come in, give some great energy and effort early, and the Bulls will wither away. We have to come in and give the, 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 the effort that shows that this team wants to be a playoff team, that this team has that hope, that this team truly can beat anyone, as they've been saying all season long. So if the Bulls do that, if they come in and they perform in that way, we can absolutely have a successful night against the Miami Heat. But will we? That is the biggest question that stands right now. It's not the can we. We know that this what this team is capable of. We've seen it all season. This team is capable of doing some amazing things. They just haven't done it consistently. And if they want to get to that postseason, if they want to pay the respect to the fan base that they've talked about, we have to gut it out tonight in the second of a back-to-back. No excuse. No excuse. We have to play with heart and energy, and hopefully as well, we can get some role players to actually step up and help our big three better than what they did last night. We are going to need it, right? The big three stepped up, and they got us a win last night. But now, in a second of a back-to-back, if the big three can't give that same, and it's a lot to ask for three players to score over 100 points, we're going to need role players to step up and score more. We're going to need them to also defend, which some of them did do. Alex Caruso having some big defensive plays as Patrick Beverly even Patrick Williams having some good defensive plays. We need that. But we also need you guys to support these starters, especially when your big three is giving it all out on the court like they did last night. We absolutely need our, our role players to step up, and we're going to need it tonight against the Miami Heat. You guys can let me know what you think on that one down below. All right, let's get into the voicemails for today. This first voicemail that we're going to is from Auntie. Hey, hey, this is your Auntie gone. How you doing? I ain't put you in a minute. Nice to hear from you, nice to see you. But anyway, let's talk about why the Bulls lost. I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why the Bulls lost. First of all, the Bulls don't want to run. When they do get the ball, they jogging down the up on court. They give us second middle time to set up their motherfucking defense. So it's going to be hard for the Bulls to uh, score the fucking ball. Y'all see they on Zach Levine, Nash trying to double him. Um, they made a, a hard for Zach Levine to even score yesterday. I mean, Devo did what he did, but I ain't like it. He was selfish. It's, hey, oh, you got two, three motherfuckers on you, so you passing the ball. Lucky the shots went in. You just still decided you want to hit the shot. Your three points was nice today, but shit. This was a bullshit ass game. I'm not trying to hear the bull's fault for this game. It was a good run. Fuck all that. We ain't fought hard enough. We ain't get that motherfucking W, did we? 
So I don't want to hear, oh, DeMar tried at the end or the Bulls really fought. They really showed energy. If they showed energy, we would have had the W. I'm not no more excuse for them. No, there was bullshit. We was up 16, and we should have won this motherfucking game. The Bulls didn't score shit in the second half. Zach Levine didn't score shit in the first half. He was a piece of shit in the fucking first half. DeMar didn't take off to the fucking fourth quarter. Boots, I don't know what the fuck wrong with him. Kobe Wright came in, hit three big shots, but shit, he ain't score no more. Ayo come in the game, he hacking, his dick in the ass, his mouth always open. He don't know who the fuck he's supposed to be sitting. So he in the game, he can get to start hacking because they too fast for him. He can't even stop the motherfucking ball. Now one time, I seen the boys stop the ball last night. Y'all was up 16 and let Sacramento King, after they played, who the fuck they just played? Mel Walker the night before. After we was on three days. So a team that plays a night before and we owe three, three days, y'all do the motherfucking man. This team is embarrassing. This team bipolar. I told y'all don't get y'all motherfucking hopes up. I don't trust this motherfucking team. I'm not trying to hear Zachary Lee ain't been doing shit all month. He got to continue doing it. You can't pick what day that you want to just pop up in the game and, and, and stole and show out. You we need you to show out every motherfucking night. You been showing up the whole month. We was out three days. You come back like you played last night or something. That, like you played the night before. You were like you were tired of something. No excuse for that. I'm not trying to hear none of that goofball gym all that shit. No, bro. Every the whole month of last month, you you played like you had some motherfucking sense, like you was our two hundred fifteen dollar man. We all three days, then you come back the Kings come to motherfucking Chicago, you play like a piece of shit. You ain't scold in the first half. I can't even tell you when you scold. I start watching the motherfucking game. Cause ain't no way in hell we got sixteen. And then, when they got back in the game, boys got right back up at five. Y'all still couldn't do shit with them. Y'all still let this thing hang around, hang around, hang around. Y'all was playing last night. Y'all did too much motherfucking playing, and guess what? And, of course, this was left after the Kings lost, and I understand her frustration there. And, you know, you talked about the Bulls pushing the pace. And the Bulls do have, they are one of the slowest pace teams in the NBA. And talk about needing big energy. That is something that has failed this team for a long part over the course of the season is this team just missing the energy aspect of the game so often. We need to see that from this team. We need to see it tonight. But I agree with you, Auntie. Like, the loss against the Kings was frustrating. Yes, the Bulls did social flashes. You know, I know you say you don't want to hear that, but they did not pull out the W. We need this Bulls team to show heart but also pull out Ws. It's great. For, for a team that's so long this season, the biggest thing that we question is the heart that this team had. We need this team to show that heart and it also to result in W's if we're going to get into any type of postseason play. You guys know, I have my doubts about making the play-in tournament. If we had lost last night, it definitely would have dashed those completely, the little bit of hope that I still have. But the Bulls have to gut out these type of wins, and they did last night. They didn't against the Kings, but they did last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But, Auntie, you know, I already know I love you, first of all, but I also definitely understand your frustration in that one. All right, let's get into this first-time caller, and this one's from Faith. Huge fan of your channel, Chicago Bulls Central, and also um, the Windy City Breeze. Uh, you, uh, you and, and Pat the Designer are the absolute best. I listen to you guys every day. So this is a, it, kind of an interesting story. Not sure if you will use it in the show. Um, it's okay if you don't. But I um, am a lifetime Bulls fan. Grew up in the Chicagoland area. Was born in Gary, Indiana. So uh, me and my family are lifelong Bulls fans. And uh, now I live in Alabama. And so... A couple days ago, I flew into Chicago to see the Chicago Bulls-Sacramento Kings game, uh, which was tough 
soft but absolutely phenomenal game. Being right there, my seats were right behind the Chicago Bulls bench. It was phenomenal. I noticed something, though, that was interesting. Andre Drummond was communicating with someone in the crowd. And so I, I was just, because I'm nosy, I just turned to see, you know, is he talking to a coach? Is he, who's he talking to? And I turned to look, and he was talking to a woman. Now, this woman, I don't know if he's married, could be his wife, his girlfriend, could be his best friend, I don't know. But she was sitting next to another guy, and as I continued to watch him throughout the game, I kind of got the vibe that he was hitting on her. She was, um, you know, a beautiful lady, which is completely fine, whatever. But I got the vibe, her face being kind of surprised, and he was talking to her. And so when he would get called into the game, I know one time he had been, he was, like, communicating with her, and then Billy Donovan had him go into the game, and he made two bonehead mistakes. Like, he uh, made two goofy fouls. And I'm literally like, oh, my, he's not even, his head and his heart is not even in the game. What in the world? Like, dude, we're trying to at least make the play in. Like, where's your dog mentality? Well, who are you talking I mean, even if it is his wife or girlfriend, why are you talking to them during the game? And certainly if he's hitting on some woman, like, dude, what are you doing? And I literally, as I said to him, I'm like, get off of our team. Like, if you're not here to win at all costs, what are you doing? So anyway, I just thought I would, I would let y'all know the tea there. Andre Drummond was totally not even, his head was not even in the game. This was last night. I'm, I'm on my, I'm flying back from Chicago back to Alabama right now. Um, actually, I've already landed and everything like that. But I was like, let me let Chicago Bulls Central know this little story about Andre Drummond. Maybe that's why he's on the bench. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Y'all are always like, why isn't Andre Drummond playing? Blah, blah, blah. Maybe, maybe that, maybe he does that kind of stuff all the time. I don't know. But let me know what you think. Again, this is kind of a weird voicemail, so I understand if you don't use it for your show. Thank you for all the content you provide us, Lifelong Bulls fans. Uh, you and Pat the Designer are absolutely amazing. Huge fans. Uh, thanks. Peace out. Be faced with it. You know, it's always thank you, A, for sharing the story. And anybody... We, we, you know, you guys always come in the chat and say when you go to games, I love that. But if you do have any insight of things that like this that we ne wouldn't necessarily know um, from uh, just watching the game at home, please go ahead and share that. And absolutely, I'll share it on the show. But, you know, you make a great point, Faith, as far as like Andre Drummond did seem a little bit off in that game. And if that was a result of whatever was happening off the court, it does suck. Like, like, but, you know, they're still human, but we do need players to be able to get in and get in the game and focus. Just like kind of us in our, I know it's a nine to five or whatever you work, you have to, you, sometimes you're expected to leave home at home. Now that was in the stadium and things like that. And it is a very interesting story, but we do need, we need Andre Drummond locked in. And when Andre Drummond is locked in, what he offers this team, nobody else can offer this team. What Drummond has and brings to this team, we have nobody else that can bring that same skill set, that same thing. So we need Drummond to be locked in, especially as we're going in a play and push, and hopefully we get him and the other players more locked in as we continue to go. Great story, though. Thank you for sharing that, Faith. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from the 706. Hey, hey, so I just got done uh, watching your bit on Miles of Ball missing probably most 
uh, next season because of another surgery. And he might be one of the biggest busts the uh, Bulls had in terms of signing trade in recent memory. But uh, when looking at possible options at the point guard position, honestly, there aren't that many guys out there that would be that would fit the role of a guy who could facilitate and play a great defense at the same time. But uh, like like you said, resigning Pat Bev is obvious. But I also like to think about uh, the resigning uh, Chris Dunn. I know he's also injury prone. I know he can't shoot the three. But uh, when it comes to being a defensive uh, guy, he's going to get you a couple of steals. He's going to maybe not lock down most point guards for a fair amount. He's still young. And uh, I believe he's still a great, well, at least a pretty good uh, facilitator. Uh, I think he could be having like a three-year deal. While a team like Utah will probably offer him two. Uh, and maybe a backup role. But uh, also, uh, when it comes to replacing a guy like Kobe White, who I also don't think is going to be back, because, not because he can't play, but because he's still too inconsistent on the offensive side, I think the Bulls will probably reach out to uh, Derrick Rose. Not to play point guard, but to be, you know, that uh, offensive spark coming off the bench. And I'm not talking about the Derrick Rose of 10 years ago or even five years ago, but the guy who helped uh, get New York to the uh, playoffs by being able to stop runs or stop, you know, shooting droughts, hit a key three. And he has a better or higher IQ than most guys who are going to be available, and he could be had for like six, seven million and a two-year deal. Well, six, seven million a year on a two-year deal. But uh, what do you think about that? I know you get a lot of, uh, we really need to sign D-Rose. We have to sign D-Rose. I'm just saying that as a, as a team leader and as the guy he is now and not the guy he was 10 years ago. All right. You offer some interesting perspectives. A, you asked, is Lonzo the biggest bust that the Bulls have had as far as signing trades? I, I'm glad you added, added that qualifier. I'm not sure as far as signing trades. Um, the Lonzo Ball situation is just completely disappointing. When you look at a player that you brought in that that should should have fit your timeline as far as with Zach Levine, with the with Patrick Williams, with the younger players on this team, uh, a player that was everything that we needed him to be when he was actually on the court, but we only got, what, 35 games out of that in two seasons, and we're going to get not much more than that in three seasons when it's all said and done. It's absolutely frustrating, and it absolutely repaints that contract like yeah we can talk all day about what he meant for us when he was on the court but you have to be on the court for it to matter right and so I love it and I always said what the brand of basketball we play with Lonzo Ball was the best brand of basketball that we that the Chicago Bulls have played in the most exciting in the last five to eight years so it was it was great to see but yes Lonzo in the situation that's going on with his injury puts the Bulls in an interesting situation and one that it's not easily to be overcome, and we'll see what the Bulls can do. Now, you mentioned bringing Chris Dunn back, potentially. I like that Chris Dunn is having a resurgent season. I like the way that he's playing with the Utah Jazz. I like all of that. I don't necessarily, like, I don't know if the Bulls revisit it, and this is a completely different front office, so they don't have those ties, that history, that trauma, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to Chris Dunn. Keep in mind, the fact that it's so crazy that that, that the front office guard packs at that time almost traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn for the opportunity to draft Chris Dunn straight up the year before we eventually got Laurie, Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler. It's just all, all crazy when you, when you look at it. But yes, Chris Dunn is looking good. And this is why, you, why I always say development isn't linear. Yes, he's 28 years old, but he's having a season of 
averaging almost 12 points per game, five assists, and five rebounds on 53% shooting for the Utah Jazz. Now, I would be hesitant to sign a player that's giving that performance after being out of the league, at least in the, just one partial season back, but there's at least enough signs there to say maybe Chris Dunn going away for a little while and then coming back has helped him understand how to better pace the game, understand the better, and keep in mind, he's only played nine games for the Utah Jazz, so it's not like he's been, like, this is like a 20, 30-game stretch, but you know, I, I trust AK and Eversley to do their due diligence before they sign somebody like that. But, you know, there are other point guards out there. We talked about, you know, Trey uh, Jones. And and uh, so th there, are, there are other players out there that the Bulls could absolutely go after. I know the class isn't like the superstar caliber class. And you're not necessarily looking for a player to bring in the exact same skill set as Lonzo Ball. That's rare. Now, as far as Derrick Rose of it all, I told you guys how I feel about Derrick Rose. Uh, to me, at this point, I want players to come back to the team that are going to help winning. And Derrick Rose, being shooting 30% from the field this season, taking the, the, less, the least amount of shots in his career, I just don't necessarily see the same thing that you see in D-Rose. But if he can come back in and bring that leadership, bring some scoring off the bench, you could do worse. But I think we have to exhaust other means before we think about bringing back Derrick Rose. That's my opinion. I know Bulls Nation isn't necessarily going to share that completely either. You guys can let me know what you guys think on that one down below. If you're on the YouTube side. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from Shay. What's up, guys? You know, a lot of people have been talking about IO's down season. Oh, this could be a sophomore slump. And I do agree. And he hasn't looked really that good this season. But I think I know what can contribute to that. You know, the man did put on a lot of pounds of muscle. So I think he has learned how to use this new body that he has because Think about it. I, I read somewhere where Steph Curry had put on over 200 pounds one season, and then he recognized that he could that he didn't move the right way, or then didn't necessarily play the right way being over that because a lot of people told him he, he needs to gain muscle. And on top of that, you know, maybe being a full-time point guard was too much for him. Now, don't get me wrong. I know what people gonna say. Oh, I started at point guard last season. And started some games last season. Yeah, that's some games last season. But at the end of the day, you know, he didn't necessarily, you know, he he was basically, he, he basically wasn't just thrown into it in an unexpected role. You can honestly say this year, he's definitely had an unexpected role when it came to starting starting point guard at the beginning of the season. Now, don't, now I'm not making any excuses for him. But I mean, when you come in from being a from being a rookie to getting your feet wet in the NBA versus actually being that being your primary position instead of you coming in knowing that you're going to be a backup, that really does take a toll on a young player. And then, like I said, I mean, maybe this is this new body and body that he has, and maybe he's not comfortable playing and playing in it playing with the body that he has just yet because he did put on a lot of muscle. I mean, maybe that's not an excuse, but anyway, too much to think. All right, Shay asks, is Io's slump, sophomore slump, due to him adding more muscle? You know what? I have never thought about it that way. And while I, it, it could be possible in the story that you, I, I, I looked it up, the story that you shared about Steph Curry is correct. Like, he did talk about how he added, not 200 pounds, he said 200 pounds. I think you may got up to 200 pounds, but so often in the NBA, we always look at it as, oh, well, that player in the year two or whatever is going to add this, is going to add that, they're going to add muscle, they're going to gain weight. And maybe that is what's affected 
Iodesumu defensively. Like when you think about it, yes, he added weight so he can better stand up to the grind, but maybe it's has it affected his lateral quickness? Has it affected the way that he that that he moves? Is it those type of things? I don't know. I can't say. But what I will say is you got to figure it out, right? Whatever it is, you got to figure it out. And Io DeSumo isn't a point guard. I think that's what we've learned as well. He can play some point guard. He could play some too. He's really a combo guard to come in and can do a lot of things for you. But we also need him to work on his shot. We need to work him to work on his finishing around the rim. We need him to work on those things. And again, just like with how Kobe White added to his game dramatically in one offseason, players can. And they're, 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 like, they're around the same age. So Io can add to his game this offseason. I'm sure the Bulls are weighing the, the, the potential of him adding to his game if they are going to bring him back on his contract, which I do think is coming. But we do need Io to figure it out, whatever it is, whether it's the added muscle to go back down, whatever it is. We need Io to figure it out because we do need that Io that at least impacts the game defensively and with energy and pushes the pace. We at least need to get that back, right? And then let's add in the scoring. Let's add in, you know, the finishing around the rim. But we need to at least get back to what got you initially your your minutes coming into the NBA, and that was your brand of defense. We need that back from Io DeSumo. All right, let's get into this last voicemail. By the way, Marvin, your first voicemail, the the it's cut off in the middle. So we got two voicemails from Marvin, but I'm going to kind of cut them together to play one. Let's go ahead with What's that. What's up, Hayes, man? What's going on, family? It's Marvin, man. Just want to chime in for a second, second man, because I've been sitting back listening to us fans, man. You know, we get on our boys a lot, man. So I want to come in and just give a little, little, little something for you guys to remember on our big three. First of all, man, I'm going to start with DeMar, you know, we always hear that DeMar is a ball stopper, that he can't do this, you know, he really hurts the team and this and that. But if you look at the Bulls, man, you look at these big three, man, these guys have been balling this last month. And here we go with DeMar starting off. He's averaging 25 points, four rebounds, five assists, while shooting 50% from the field. And he came down on his shot selection in, in this last month in March. He's only shooting the ball 17 times, which, are, which is going to be key to what I mean when we get to the back of the but then if you look at DeMar averaging 25 points, he's shooting actually 76% from the free throw line, which is down 50% from the three. We know he's going to take a lot of those, and then 50% from the field goal. So he's actually shooting at a 50-50, uh, 70, well, 80 clip, which is pretty good. And then you go over to Vooch. Everybody always talking about getting rid of Vooch. A model of consistency, guys. Look at Vooch the whole season long. First of all, he didn't score in double for his 41 straight games. He's always averaging double-double every just about his third in the league, averaging double-doubles. And last but not least, you know, I want to go to Zachary. Hey, hey, it's Marvin again. Just forgot, uh, I wanted to leave one more voice on because I left one of the big three out because I always make it into a big four, and the last one will be Billy Donovan. Listen, guys, I want to say something for Billy Donovan's defense again because I know he's been getting some rough going. I know he doesn't coach to everybody's up the way he wants to for everybody, but I want to leave this with you guys. Uh, the last four games against Denver, Houston, Sacramento, and Minnesota. You know, we lost uh, one of those games to Sacramento on a three-pointer at the buzzer, and the one before that, the amount of loss before that was a three-pointer by Halliburton against Indiana. But these last five games, six games, Billy's been coaching well. I know he gets a lot of wrath uh, from that. But I'm going to say this for this, guys. Down the stretch, we got 13 games to go. Miami, Philly, Philly, Portland, L.A., uh, Clippers, then L.A. again, Charlotte, Memphis, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Dallas, and then Detroit. Let's see what Billy does down the stretch here. But if you look at games like the Warriors here recently that we just played, there's no fault in Billy. These guys got to get the job done. 
I've always defended Billy myself because I always say this. You could actually be wanting to get rid of coach, but then when you bring another coach in, if he's not doing well, then what you going to do? So we never know. Who says Billy is the coach for this team? Who says he's not? But, hey, the players got to get it done on this floor. But I say look at these last couple of games, these 13 games, tough, tough schedule. Like I say, Miami, Philly, Philly, and you can go down the list. This is show Billy. This is show us what Billy's about. This is show us what the player's about. Then we have our criticism at the end of the year. But in my eyes, I think the Bulls are fighting pretty good going down the stretch since the All-Star break. Keep my hands up, guys. Maybe we can get this job done. Take care, man. All right. Um, so Marvin talking about the big three, and, and he was making his points, and then the, the sound on his video just cut out, so I don't know what that's about. But the big three did play big. And I know that they've been playing here recently, but I don't want to get caught up in how they've been playing recently because we're still a sub-500 team. We're still a team that only won seven or eight games in the back half of last season in total. And this still is a roster that still has a negative plus-minus overall when the big three are on the court. Now, this season, I think it's been positive here uh, as of late, but overall, for this big three coming together, it just has not been. Now, you can rejigger and reconstruct the roster in a way that makes that better. Um, but I do think that, you know, Marvin talking about, and everybody wants to move this guy, move that guy. Yeah. And you know why? It's because we don't want to stay exactly where we are now. And, and the thing is in, in bringing this core back and trying to bring this core back, unless you literally change every single thing else on this roster, I think that we've seen that the ceiling to this team is maybe what a first round victory. And that just is not enough to get it done. So, you know, I have my, my, my problems there now, as far as the Billy Donovan point of it, you know, Billy Donovan not drawing up good plays in the in the in the last two, not not drawing up uh, a defensive play. You know, just some of the issues. Not uh, not even a good inbound play on a timeout. Not even using the timeouts correctly. Right. So while the team has done better since the All Star break, to me, it still doesn't take away from the issues that we've been seeing with Billy Donovan for three years now, and they have not changed any time. And, and the biggest thing is this. Like I said before, Billy Donovan can win you a lot of regular season games with the right roster. But if this team is going to have playoff success, is Billy Donovan there, the coach that can get you there? Because to me, what I see from Billy Donovan is when he faces another another top coach that is a good X's and O's coach, it always bites the bulls in the ass. So, yeah, I do absolutely think Billy Donovan can coach you to a lot of wins with the right roster. But we have to ask yourself, not just about the regular season wins, but about ultimately where we want to go with this team. And is Billy Donovan going to be the one to get us there? Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. But that is it for today's mailbag episode. Uh, thank you so much for getting those voicemails in. Get more in because we have another voicemail. I mean, a mailbag episode tomorrow. But that's it for us for today. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. It's game day. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.